We're turning to Genesis chapter 28 this morning. Genesis chapter 28. And we're cutting in at the verse 10. And then we're going to another chapter in Genesis uh, as well. Genesis chapter 28 and the verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Then Jacob went on his journey and came unto the land of the people of the east. And we'll end the reading there. And if you have a marginal reference, you'll have a four. Then Jacob went. And in the margin it will say, lifted up his feet. 
We know that God will bless to us this part of the reading of his word. Now turn over to chapter 35, please. Just the first three verses. And God said unto Jacob, Genesis 35 and verse 1, 20 years has passed now since we read those last verses. A lot of things have changed in this man's life. A lot of things have changed in your life and my life in the last 20 years and more. God said unto Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And we know that God will bless the reading of his word and the singing of his word, for we sang about Jacob and Bethel in that last hymn. After Jacob had spent 20 years in Paddan Aram with his uncle Laban, the Lord said to him on a number of occasions, he said to him, Jacob, go back to Bethel. That's the title for my message this morning. Back to Bethel. And you, I'm sure, know this morning that the Hebrew Beth means house, and D-L in the scriptures mean God. And so what he's saying to, God is saying to Jacob, go back to the place where you met God. Could I ask you this morning, do you ever do that? If, if you don't do it physically, do you do it in your mind often? Do you go back to the place where God in your mind or physically? I do it physically nearly every year. Do you go back to the place where God saved you? Maybe restored you? Maybe poured some blessing upon you? Maybe called you? It's good to go back and remember the pit from whence we have been dug. Now, most of you would know the story of this young man, Jacob, as he ran away from home and deceived his father Isaac over the birthright, crossed swords with his brother Esau, and fled in the night with the words of Esau ringing in his ears, when my father dies, I'll kill you. And he would have, you know. 
And only God intervened 20 years later. Esau would have killed him because he never forgot. And so, here we have this man and he's on the run. And he comes to the rocky, barren mountain of Luz, first time away from the family home. He's tired. He's lonely. He's homeless. And he's afraid. And he pulled a few stones under his head for a pillar. Exhausted, he fell asleep. Now, George Campbell Morgan says this, a long journey, a hard pillow, an uneasy conscience, and a heavy heart are conducive to dreaming. You know, we, we seldom dream when we're in a sound sleep and in a peaceful sleep. But this man wasn't neither. You should thank God, you know, for sleep. He giveth his beloved sleep. And in this half-sleep, half-waking, a ladder reached from earth to heaven. And the angels were ascending and descending, and God spoke to him. And if you read these verses right, you will discover that God, the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus, a theophany, met with him on that night and saved him. Now they tell me that Bethel, that Luz was an uninhabited, inhospitable, rocky mountainside. The fact the name means separated. And whenever Joseph awakened, whenever Jacob awakened out of his sleep, he made these tremendous, this tremendous statement, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Can I say something? It is an awesome and fearful thing when the presence of God is in a place or in a church or in a gathering, or in a meeting, and that believers don't sense it. They're not conscious of it. They don't know it. In 2006, we had Colin Packham and his wife here for four nights of revival meetings. They stayed with us up in the manse. And on the Wednesday night, over in the hall, the place was almost full. The presence of the, God, the Lord was building up. And on the Wednesday night, there was an obvious sense of God's presence. And Mr. Packham, about ten minutes I reckon he said before he had his message finished, he started to weep. And he backed back and he sat down. And I was sitting on the front seat and I went up beside him and I said to him, Colin, what will we do? He says, if you don't know what to do, do nothing. And so we sat 
in the presence of God. And one man got up and he walked out. Another followed him. And I can tell you that neither of them sensed God. And there were Christians sensed God in that meeting. He went on up to the Bangor Convention and he told them in Bangor Convention that he was meetings, that he was at meetings in Tyrone and we were very near something happening, he said, the presence of God. And those people didn't sense it. Do you sense the presence of God often? Are you more concerned this morning that we'd be over 12 o'clock? Are you open for the presence of God? I want to say a word from Jacob here to the unsaved this morning. Do you feel any sense of the presence of God speaking to you? You know, it makes no matter what your past life is or what your home life is or what your young life is. It doesn't come into it as far as God's concerned. It makes no matter who you're running with or where you're running to or what you're running from. God can meet you this morning here. I was thinking the other day of old Belshazzar on that drunken night when he was stocious with drinking, staggering about and profanities coming out of his mouth. And the finger came on the wall of the man's hand. The word of God came to him and the word of God says this, God, in whose hand thy breath is. You can't get much nearer to a man or woman than their breath. Full of vulgarities. Stinking with drink. God, in whose hand thy breath is. Remember the morning of the crucifixion that Pilate's wife sent the letter to Pilate and she said, have nothing to do with this just man. I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. You can't get much closer to a man than to his wife by his wife. That's as close, my friend, that anybody can get to their husband or to their wife. Remember Paul when he was in prison in Rome? Remember he wrote to the church at Philippi and remember he stated those words, the Lord is at hand. Do you know what the Greek rendering of that is? The Lord is at my very elbow. He can't get much closer than the elbow. And he's at your elbow this morning. Paul, when he came to, the, to Athens and to the professors and the philosophers, he said this, he is not far from each of us. 
In him we live and move and have our being. Sinner, reach out and touch him this morning, for he's near. Backslider, reach out and touch him this morning, for he's near. Jacob rose, the sun rose, and he gathered the stones that he had made for the pillar the night before, and he poured oil on it. And he had a service there on his own, and he called it Bethel, the house of God. The man who had run and was afar off and separated by sin and wicked works. In the old barren mountain slopes of Luz, he had an encounter with the living God. Immediately he nailed his colors to the mast and says, Lord, this is the spot. Oh, sacred spot. Oh, blessed spot. Manna could take you to square foot of ground and from manna. Sacred spot. You, you know where your sacred spot is? Oh, sacred spot. And he made a vow. And he said, surely, 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 I will serve the Lord. Surely I will tithe to the Lord. Surely I will give to the Lord a tenth from now on, and I'll worship him, and I'll bless him, and I'll serve him. And he went on his way, skipping. That's why I pointed you to the margin, lifted up his feet. I tell you, he had got released, he had got liberty. Do you remember that day? And then he went down to his uncle Lab. 21, 20 years, maybe 21. Work, women, wealth, cattle, herds, flocks, took their toll on him. And he became like the man that he worked with. He lost the warmth. He lost the joy. He lost the presence. His praying stopped. His tithing stopped. His witnessing stopped. And there was no spring in the step now. Is that you this morning? Mon, face it now. Is that you this morning? Somewhere, if not here, listening, watching, is, is that you? Well, I have a word from you for God this morning. Go back to Bethel. Go back to Bethel. Back to the spot. Back to the night. Back to the day. Back to the altar. Back to the pillar. Back to God. 
And if you haven't a spot, you get the spot. Make it the day, third day of March. The lifeboat. Now, we're going to leave Jacob here. Sometimes when you're watching something on BBC One, they'll say to you, we're leaving BBC One now and we're going, uh, we're going to follow on on BBC Two. Well, we're leaving Jacob here. We're, we're parking Jacob in this whole scene here this morning. In the last ten minutes, I want to take it along like this. Imagine that you're a reporter with the BBC, CNN, some other channel. And you're out and about on the streets of and towns and countryside of Israel. And it's just a few years after the Lord was crucified and ascended to the glory. Now, some of you can come with me because you were there. I was not. And you take a cruise in, across the Galilee, and it's a beautiful day. And you come to the slopes of Gadara. You walk up the side of the mountain. And there's a large graveyard. And there's a woman bustling about with a few flowers putting round the tomb. Maybe there's a man tidying up a grave over there. Maybe the caretaker's mowing the grass out over there. You can hear the seagulls. You can see a way out across that whole part. And then you see a man. Well-dressed man. And you go over to him and say, Sir, does someone belong to you buried here? Oh. Well, why, why are you here this morning? I come back to Bethel. Back to Bethel. You see, it was on this spot two years ago in this day that I seen the boat coming, coming in, a number of men in it. Nobody would have passed this way, they were all afraid. Because I was a madman. The authorities put me out here because they couldn't handle me. Left me out here to die. I, I was mad. Naked. Retching and shouting and crying. Look at my arms. Look at my arms. Look at my face. Cutting myself day and night with stones. Roaring like an animal. 
I was a wicked, evil man, and then he came. I never looked at a man like this. And as I saw him, I ran towards him and I fell at his feet. And he said there was a number of men with him, and one of them had a bag. And he had these losings. I met the master. And in a moment of time, he cleansed me, he saved me, he set me free, he clothed me, he blessed me, he gifted me, and he sent me out. I wanted to go with him. And the crowd, the multitude of the people, for it says in one of the gospels, that all of the gatherings come out and chased him. Told him to flee. They didn't want him. And he got back up into the ship. And I wanted to go with him, and he wouldn't let me. He says, I want you to go to Decapolis, and I want you to go home first of all and tell them the great things the Lord has done for you. I went home, and I told my wife, and I told my family. And they looked at me, and they could hardly believe me. And I'm doing more city-wide crusades in the ten cities. Of some of them cities that preached in two or three of them, God saving and blessing. Sir, I met the Master. And when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, the night is turned to day. He takes the gloom and fills his soul with glory. For all his chains, set free, gloriously free. And I'm just back to Bethel to thank the Lord. And I come here every year just to thank the Lord for what he has done for me. And sir, there was that many demons and I was that full of the demons. Two thousand swine couldn't hold them. And he says they went down and flat and haired down, down into the sea. What a man is this? What manner of man is this? This is the God man. This is the only one, my friend, can set the prisoner free. Come with me now across the border into Samaria, 20 miles north of Bethel. Climb up the side of the mountain hillside, and there's a crowd of tourists, and there's a guide with them. And she's telling these group of of of, of tourists, this is Jacob's well. This is the well that he gave to his son Joseph. The proper name of it is Saker. It's 200 feet deep. 
This is the well that supplies all of Samaria. Once the crowd departed, he saw a woman. Are you here for water? No. Are you tourist? No. I've come back to Bethel. Back to Bethel. You see, sir, I came one day at noon at noon and the sun was high. I couldn't go any other time. I couldn't go and there were other women or other men. My past was so bad. And when I approached the well, I saw the tallest man sitting, sitting, he was sitting here, here. And there were other men with him, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And he was hungry, and he was thirsty, and he was tired. And he said to me, how far is it to the nearest town of shops? And he sent the men that was with him to buy bread. And I lowered the... the water pot down in and was bringing it up out, he says, give me a drink. She says, you're a Jew. You're asking me, smarting for a drink. And I began to talk to him. I never talked to a man like this. He was different from all the men I knew. Then he said to me, he said, go and get your husband. Bring him up. I says, I have no husband. He says, you had five husbands. She was married five times. And the man that you're now with, he's not your husband. Sir, I, I never saw this man in my life before. And he knew all about me and all about my past. He didn't mock me. He didn't scold me. He didn't laugh at me. Oh, there was something about this man. And he said to me, you know, there's a better life than this. There's more in life than this. I can give you a drink of living water that you'll never ever thirst again. 
And I entered into a conversation with him. He never condemned me. He told me about a deeper well. Springing up onto everlasting life. In that moment, here, standing here, sir, just here, all my past was blotted out. All my sins were forgiven. And I left the water pot sitting there, and I ran into the town, and I told the men, come see a man that has told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? This is the Christ. I have found the Christ. And the men gathered out and flocked on the score, out, and the scores came out. And many of them believed. Oh, what a day that was. I'm back in Bethel. Lastly, come with me and visit Calvary. Climb up that old mountain. And there's a man standing, and he's as straight as a rush. Sir, why are you here this morning? Well, this afternoon, it was Friday, three o'clock. What are you doing? As I was the colonel in charge of the Roman execution squad, a hundred men under my command, we did the executions. That was our job. We were crucifying men every day. But I never saw them. Like this. We beat him. We hammered him. We spat on him. We laced his back. We stripped him. He never opened his mouth. My men trailed him over and brag-eagled him on that old cross and hammered the nails and put it up. Now we'd do it every day. We've been doing it every day for years. And put it down into the socket. And the roars and the cries of those men. He never opened his mouth against us. The thieves were cursing around them. People were mocking them underneath the cross. And I saw here. I never saw a man like this. And 
And as he hung on that old cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. And just like a flash, I didn't know what it was, but just like a flash, the Holy Spirit did to me, this is the Son of God. And as I stood there that day, I knew in all my heart that he was God's Son and that he died for me as well as everybody else. And I believe I'll meet that old centurion in heaven someday. I've come back to Bethel. What about you this morning? Are you going to come back? Backslider, are you going to come back? Sinner, are you going to come? Are you going to make this your spot this morning? Listen, listen, take note regarding Jacob. Pull, pull the reins now before you lose 20 years of your life. Pull the reins now. The time is short. Don't end up all taken up with wealth, with work, with women with flocks, with herds and throw God then the tail end of your days. It'll not work. Back to Bethel. Back to Bethel, mother. Back to Bethel, father. Back to Bethel, young man. Fall at his feet and say, Lord, what will you have me to do?